As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next live interview. Really excited today to spend some time with our guest, Molly Patrick, for a couple of different reasons. I always love people who have found a way to kind of carve out their part of the world. They found a way to speak not only to their community, but do it in a unique way. There's so much going on in the world today where we're all trying to do things correctly, do things the way we think it should be done. And I love when people start to create a new path for us to maybe follow and maybe inspire some of us to kind of break out of our shells, break out of the way that we've always done things and allow ourselves to shine through and allow ourselves to kind of express the realities of the journeys that we're all on as we improve ourselves. So I'm excited to get some really heartfelt words of wisdom, some ideas, and maybe even get a few F-bombs dropped today. So we have some sensitive ears, folks please get them away maybe from the screen right now because we're going to dive in deep and we're going to have some fun. And I just want to take a few minutes to say, welcome, Molly. And I'm so glad you're joining us today. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm super stoked to be here and to chat with you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to be on your awesome podcast and to talk business and vegan stuff and F-bombs and all of it. I'm ready. Oh, I love it. Now let's just dive into the name a little bit because I want to give people a little bit of a intro into who you are and your style. Because often when we talk about how we help people transition, when we talk about things going vegan and plant-based and so forth, sometimes we're down the straight and narrow. There's like a way to do it. And I really love the name, you know, that you use your brand, you know, clean food, dirty girl. I'd love for you to maybe give everyone just a quick glimpse into your world or the way you see things and and how you tell it like it is. Okay. So here's, here's what we do. And here, here's been my, my mission, right? So we help people eat more plants while celebrating human imperfection. And in a nutshell, that is what I've been doing since 2014 with my business. Okay. And that to me means that we get to be imperfect and messy and complicated and, and beautifully human. There is no such thing as perfection. There's no one perfect way to do something. It's all about, it really is about the journey and being able to find humor in all of this and to make it your own. Um, and to know that like life isn't perfect. It's not supposed to be perfect. We're not perfect. We're not supposed to be perfect. And how can we, in that spirit, then sort of go through this plant-based journey without feeling like it has to be strict and rigid and perfect. So that comes out in a lot of different ways, but mainly I, you know, I share a lot of my humanness with people. <laughs> Some of, Which I think some is important. Of, yeah, it is right, and it's like we we all are just like complicated and messy humans that like 
stink sometimes and make bad choices and we can lie sometimes and we can, you know, do, do things, say that we're going to do something and then kind of not do it. I mean, we're, we're, we're just like living this human life all doing the best that we can. And so I like to celebrate that and, and certainly share my fair, you know, part of that as well to inspire others to kind of know that it's all okay. It's all good. Oh, I love that. Love that. It's okay. All okay. And all good. Now, how did you figure out that you could wrap this into a business? Because I think for some people, you know, we sometimes live our truth in our personal life, but when we start to go into the business realm, then we truly start to say, I have to take on this persona to run my business as opposed to even bring my natural self I am in real life into my business. So how did you find your way and how did you figure out that this could be a business for you? So I have to say, I didn't have a lot of strategy. Okay. I just had the belief that it was possible. Okay. That's it. I focused on the belief. I knew like I knew, like I knew that this Mm -hmm. was possible to create a business that I enjoyed working in, first of all, because it's a lot of work. Yes. And to know that I can own this business, I can run this business, I can make money in this business, I can hire awesome people in this business. This business can help a lot of people. And I can do that in a way that's not selling myself out and being somebody who I'm not. So I just knew that that was possible. As far as how I was going to do it, who the fuck knows? I did not know. I didn't have a business plan or strategies laid out. I, I wasn't, you know, I had never done any online marketing stuff. I had always worked in restaurants actually. So the whole online world was new and all this. So I didn't really know. I just had that belief that it was possible. Now, did you tiptoe into it or did you just like jump into the deep end and just go all in? I just jumped. I, I was fired from my job in 2013 and I took that as a sign from the universe that it was just time to do my own thing. So at that point, my wife and I, who we were co-founders, uh, okay. she also was was kind of in between things. And so we're like, screw it, let's just do this. Like let's <laughs> let's um we packed up our things and moved from the Bay Area because it was really expensive and I was fired and she didn't have work. We moved to Arizona where it was super, super cheap to live. And we just decided we're just going to focus on this and do it. When we become profitable, we're going to move to Hawaii. And that was sort of like our plan. And and we, again, we didn't know how, but we knew that, that it was up to us. And yes. I knew like, there's no reason like other people do this. There's no reason why we can't do it. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of figuring it out and failing forward and, you know, making a lot of mistakes and learning from those and just keep going without, without that belief ever wavering. Yeah. And I think that's even a challenge when people are running businesses that they believe that there's a perfect way to build a business that they don't realize it's really through a lot of like stumbling, falling, you know what I mean? Passing out on the floor feeling and then getting back up again. Like literally sometimes, (laughs) literally. Yeah. But I think that that's the part, like, I think that if people know like going into business that it's, there's not one formula. It's not like this blueprint that somebody can teach you like, Oh, you want to have a successful online business, do this, 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 and this, like there are many ways to get to it. Like you could do it. Like I did it one way, but if I didn't do it that way, it still would have worked. Right. It just takes showing up every day and putting work and doing the work and, and keeping that belief. But it also takes knowing that when you fail, it doesn't mean that that's like a sign that you should quit. It just means like, Oh, you're learning, you're growing, you're, you're getting closer to not failing. And so I think that that, that was, yeah, that was really important to keep that in mind in the, in the beginning, especially because there were a lot of fails in the beginning (laughs) for sure. 
But do you also like one thing, and I always have such a hard time, you know, convincing sometimes my clients and so forth of this, but sometimes those failures are really, they open up a door or open up an opportunity. Sometimes it's like us getting us out of our own way because we, we think it's this way. And then we hit the failures. You start to look at the world a little bit differently. You change your perspective Mm -hmm. or sometimes the the failures can really be the thing that introduces you to another person. It builds the skill that you really didn't have that you needed so you could succeed. And you needed a little bit of that like resistance to get you there because it was too, yeah. you know, if you didn't have the resistance, you'd never build that skill. And I don't know if you, you feel that way or think that same. Totally. Thing. Because the stuff that you learn when you fail, that's part of it. Like that is just as important because you're going to build those skills. You're going to get a thicker skin. You're going to figure out that this person maybe wasn't the right business person to partner with. You're going to figure out, like you're going to learn all that stuff. And that stuff will eventually lead you to your goals. But it's it's just, it's just such a, like you can't go through this process without that. That's why it's like so, so valuable. When I lived in San Francisco, I would go to um, uh, a thing that they did every year that was put on every year called FailCon. There was a whole like week-long convention with people celebrating their failures. And I love that because it really, that changed my perspective about um, just going in, like that was before I started my business. But even that gave me this glimpse like, oh, okay. So failing like is, is uh, can serve my purpose. Yes. And instead of allowing it to like, just have me give up and in, in a heap on the floor and go out and find a job, which I really didn't want to do. You know, yeah. I wanted to create my own thing. And I believe that I could. <laughs> I mean, I love that you started the segment about I believed because I think, you know, there's some people who start businesses and they still don't believe yet. Mm-hmm. They start it because they read about it, they heard about it, or they've seen someone else do it. But to me, there's a totally different level when you believe it. Like when you start to see, okay, I know where I am today and I know there's a journey and a road ahead of me but I believe I can get there. How did you shore up your beliefs? Like, how did you keep your beliefs alive? Because I think sometimes people have those beliefs, but they lose them along the way. Do you have any recommendations or insights for anyone that's maybe, especially after last year, feeling a little like they're out of touch with that belief system? Mm-hmm. So I always, I always look for the opportunities and things. I never see something as being limiting. I just see it as an opportunity to tweak or pivot (laughs) or learn something else. And I I don't know. I just, from, I I think that I had this belief from like, from when I was young, I just knew that I was capable of a lot. I, I just knew, I just believed that. And I, it was almost like there were times in my life that there was no evidence that I should be believing in that. Mm -hmm. There was no evidence in front of me at that time that was telling me, yeah, this, this belief is really matching up to your life. Cause in the beginning it really didn't match up, but I just was, it was like, I was so stubborn with that belief. I was so, so stubborn and I just refused to give up on that. It, and if there, and believe me, there are thoughts that go through the head. Like you're, you're, you're crazy. Why do you think that you can do this? Like, cause we're human. We're going to have those thoughts. But anytime those thoughts came up, I would just, just shush. Like, I got this. I'm doing this. I don't need this. So I'd have to, you know, just tell, I just had to really choose my thoughts and be intentional with what I'm thinking and who I surround myself with and the stuff that I'm consuming and making sure that I'm doing like, you know, more 
creating, then consuming and posting reminders about my, you know, like monetary goals and posting, you know, stuff to remind me about this stuff. So it's also about creating that space, no matter what space you're in to like remind you to like, think about that, your goals, think about that stuff. How do you want to feel when you reach your goal? Let's try to tap into that feeling before we even get there and see how that feels. Yeah. And I like that the phrase that you used about choosing your thoughts. I think a lot of times when we, you know, sometimes we're like sponges or sometimes we get into that reactionary mode and all we're doing is kind of fielding off what everyone else is thinking, what everyone else is putting on us, what everyone else's perspective is. And we forget that we have to choose our thoughts so that the next thought can be positive. So the next thought can be the opportunity. Otherwise it just can circle the drain fairly quickly. Yeah. I mean, we can't, we can't choose anything outside of us. We can't control that, but we can control our thoughts. That's the one thing that we absolutely can control. And if you just let your brain spiral out into these thoughts of I can't or what if, or, oh my God, and freak out, like you're, you're not, you're not going to align yourself very well with, with your goals. And not to say that that doesn't happen, but it's a constant kind of pulling it in. Yeah. Sorry. I interrupted. Okay. Go ahead. Oh no, <laughs> I love this. I love this kind of stuff. No, no, no. I think this is yeah. good because I, I think that's the whole idea is that we're like, I, fr- I think we have these skills that we write down like on paper, you know, these things we write down on like resumes sometimes as like our interpersonal skills. And what I find as an entrepreneur, some of the skills that you wouldn't see on a resume, you really need as a business owner. You really need to be able to, like you said, know that yeah, your thoughts are not going to be pure. Yes, you're going to have some doubt that creeps in. And the idea is not to never doubt. It's not to make it, make yourself a person that never has any of these bad thoughts, but it's a person that can bring themselves back in. It's a person who can, you know, relieve some of that doubt and refocus their energy and their thoughts. And to me, those are the skills that are Mm -hmm. under, I don't know, under talked about because I think those things can, can really keep you from, from spiraling out when you're running your business. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I deal with that today. I mean, I dealt with that yesterday when I was writing my Saturday email um, you know, every time I sit down to write, whether it's a blog, blog post or a funnel or add a copy or, you know, my emails, that five-year-old in my head is like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I want, there's just so many other things I could be doing. And I just want to get up. I want to check Instagram or I want to like get up and have a snack or like, I should really check on my tortoise and like, you will have those stuff. But when you get that, it, cause it really is a skill that you develop to just say, okay, I hear you, but like, I'm not going to listen to that. And I'm just going to sit here and get it done. It really is a skill to be able to hear all that stuff and allow it, but then without like taking action from it. (laughs) Absolutely. Allow it to almost like pass through in a sense. So you talked about funnels, you talked about Instagram, you talked about all this marketing stuff and not that we're necessarily going to tell people what they should be doing today. But one thing I'd love to share is maybe an example of something that you did from a marketing standpoint that you did in your business that, you know, was like the tipping point, something that was like a big aha for you. And maybe something that surprised you that worked. A lot of times I love for people to hear those stories because, you know, it's, it's interesting, the things that can really impact our businesses at times, and they're not always what we think. Mm -hmm. Well, first I will say like, I am not an expert at marketing by any means. I still have a ton to learn. I haven't done a lot of it actually. And one of the things I, in our business since 2014, January, 2014 is when we started working on it full time. I can't say that there was one 
time where there was like a tipping point or like one thing that was like, Oh, you know, we were doing this and then overnight now we're doing something else. Like there, there hasn't been that kind of aha big shift, right? What it's been in our business has been just being very consistent with what we're doing and growing incrementally kind of over time. And when we started, we didn't have money really to put into the business at all. It was, we had a very, very, well, we'd had the savings that we had kind of, you know, scraped together when we were working in California, but Mm -hmm. we had a very limited budget. We didn't have, you know, like 10 grand to put in it right away. So we had to figure out, okay, how do we do this? Like without doing ads. And it's a good thing that we didn't have the money back then because we weren't ready for ads. We weren't ready to market. We had to figure out what we were doing, what we were saying. We had to figure out our offer. We had to figure out, like, I had to figure out sort of my voice. So it was really good to, to kind of start from zero, literally. You know, I mean, when I started the Saturday newsletter, we had three people on it and it was me and my wife, Luann and my mom, and that was it. And so, but the one thing I did was I sent out that newsletter every single Saturday, whatever it was that we were going to do. I saw the the benefit of that, whether it was like a Saturday email or whether it was going to be a blog post or once we started our membership model, you know, needing to put out that membership content every week, we were going to have to be really consistent with that. So I think consistency has been huge for us. Nice. Now, how did you stay consistent in the face of incremental growth? And what I mean by that is for a lot of people, and I get this question often, I'll tell people, oh, start going live. And they're like, well, nobody's watching. So they want to go live when they have 5,000 people watching, but they're not willing to go live when there's one, two, three, four, 10. (laughs) Even though the reality is that's where we all start. Like our email list starts at zero and then we build it over time. So how did you find your way through that? Or how did you, you know, kind of get comfortable in your own skin as you had to incrementally grow, knowing that maybe what you're doing today, everyone's not seeing, but one day it will. Yeah. Um, You just have to get over it you just have to get over it and know that um you can kind of think about it like you can use that time as practice so that when you do have that audience you're going to be even better so if you can if you can do a live for 3 people and it's maybe not the best thing you've ever done then awesome you just got some practice and you only had 3 eyeballs on you so you can kind of look and see how you can use that to your advantage and how to use that rather of thinking about that as a as a uh, roadblock So, you know, I just, and and there were times I did a webinar one time, nobody showed up and I still had to do it because I told people that I was going to be sending the link afterwards. And I did it twice because I was going to do it two times that day. And so I had to do the, I I did it twice, both times. And I brought, you know, I dressed up, I brought all my energy. I brought all my best, you know, plant-based tips. And I was sitting there preaching to myself. (laughs) And like, after I got off the call, like I did, I cried. I was like, oh my God, that was horrible. What am I doing? So it's not like you're not going to have these these thoughts of, oh, is this ever going to work? What am I doing? You're going to have that. But that's why if you can think about it as like just your practice time, you know, you're just, you're just honing in on your skill. You're just learning to find your voice. You're just learning how to, to speak to a group of people. You're learning how to add value to your community. If you can think of it as practice, then it's not wasted at all. 
Absolutely. Now, I love that. And I know what you mean. I've done webinars to hundreds and I've done webinars to two. Um, and I always tell people, two people showed up for me. I'm going to show up for them. You know, I think, you know, a lot of times people forget how important it is that if somebody took their time out of their day, I, you know, I should do it. And to your point about practice, I don't think people understand the value of practice, practice speaking, you know, practice presenting, practice with your message. It's just so much to unpack um, when you're trying to build a business that the more practice you get, the more you can get comfortable with what you're doing and finding your own style. Because it's not like, oh gosh, I have my one webinar every four months. Let me prepare. You start to be like, I can do a webinar. You want a webinar in 10 minutes? I got it. (laughs) Totally. And to talk to your point as well, I mean, that's a really good point that you made. If you're going to, you know, if there's two people, you're going to show up for those two people. And I always thought about that. I was like, okay, even if there's five, I remember when our email list hit like 60 people, I was like, oh, okay. Even if one person reads that out of 60 people and they get something from it, then I've done my job, you know? So I, it was never about like the, the quantity you know, it was, it was always about, man, if I can reach, if I can just reach two people, then it's worth it. If I could reach one person and help them with their day, then it's totally worth it. So we, we haven't been focused on like metrics, right? Um, we've been focused on adding value and helping people. And that's kind of been the underlying thing. And with that, in that kind of energy, then you do kind of grow naturally. And, that's, that's how it's been for us anyways. Perfect. So we've been talking so much about in your business, how you built your business. Let's just give everyone a big glimpse and maybe take a step into the world of what you do, what you offer, what you sell. So people have not only that perspective, but also in case some people maybe need your services, they might be able to connect with you today. Yes. So after we, we tried so many different things and nothing really, you know, ever, there were so many silly things that we put out there and it was just epic fails. And so we really, the, the way that we got to our offerings now is just by like trial and error and tweaking and listening to our audience. And so it was really based on what our audience wanted. And I think that's important to mention because, you know, I'm, I had like these, a couple of projects that I thought were amazing ideas, but like our community was not interested. So it wasn't an amazing idea for our audience. <laughs> so what we landed on is, um, so we have, well, we have the Saturday email, which is always entertaining and, and helpful celebrating human messiness and imperfection. And we have a weekly blog post that has free recipes. So we have hundreds of free recipes and blog posts on our website. And then we also have our plant fueled meal plan subscription. So it's a weekly meal plan subscription where we kind of take the, the guesswork and the planning out of it for our subscribers. And we, um, it's based on batch cooking. So each week we give you a like list of all the meals for the week and then the grocery list and then what exactly to batch on your batch cooking day to then be able to make all of those meals. So we have that. And then we also have other digital programs. We have a program for, um, people who are, trying to get a handle on their binge eating and emotional eating. And then we also have um, a series of videos where I get in my kitchen and show people how to make like ridiculously simple plant-based meals. Um, 
with no batching required, just really simple, wonderfully tasty meals sort of in my kitchen. It's a series of videos. So those are a few things that we have. Um, And we also have a really active private Facebook group as well. That um, is a real good support system. So if people want to connect with you, they're interested in the meal plans, let's give them the website, give them your social media handles, anything so that they can get in touch with you. So cleanfooddirtygirl.com is our website. And then all of our social stuff is there and you can just find everything you need on the blog or on the blog, the website. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm really excited about your meal plans. I'm going to have to go check them out. Um, I'm a big, you know, I'm trying to do more and more batch cooking myself. And a lot of it's because of the business side of things during the week. I'm so busy. There's so much going on that for me to peel away for an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes to go in the kitchen and cook is hard. Mm-hmm. So therefore I'm not eating like I should. I'm not getting my nutrition. You know, then I get into the, I'm starving. I'll eat anything I see (laughs) mode. And the idea is, um, I'm finding that something like batch cooking has, you know, I've dabbled into a little bit, um, has helped me even as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, a lot of times people think of it on the personal side, but I think it really helps, especially these days, as many of us are home working from home Mm -hmm. and so forth. So, Mm -hmm. um, I really could see the value in, in the service that you're offering. Yeah, it's huge. Um, it's it's the best way that I know how to consistently eat a really healthy whole food plant based diet, like on a regular basis. It's not to say I don't go out to eat sometimes, or I don't like on occasion put in like a vegan pizza in the oven. I do that on occasion, but for mm-hmm. the most part, like I follow our meal plans. I do our meal plans, and I've been batch cooking for years. And that's actually how the meal plans came about because I was just sharing what I was doing and people were really interested, but it's a huge time saver. You know, it really is to know. And also it's when you know that you're busy and you're going to get hungry, right? If you know that you have a food, a fridge full of some delicious, healthy food, it's such, it's, it's, it frees up space in your brain that you can work on other stuff and not stress about like what to eat. So it's a, it's a, I mean, if for anybody who hasn't experienced batch cooking, I highly recommend it. And you can, if you go to our website and click on meal plans, there's a free trial to test it out and you can test the classroom and put in how many portions you want of each meal and everything is calculated for you. So um, we used to just have like a PDF of our meal plans, which is what Mm -hmm. we could afford at the time. And it was great, but we actually had a um, classroom built for us. And now we're kind of doing it that way, which is much more sophisticated and user-friendly. Yeah, nice. I'll have to check it out. That's really a good idea. And also just from a marketing standpoint, I love that idea because it allows people to try it out, to get a sense of how you do it. And if it's a good match, I think a lot of times we forget how important it is to help people feel comfortable with making purchases. Like I, it's like, I love marketing, but I think sometimes it's got a bad rap um, because the idea is not to strong arm somebody into buying something. It's to make it easier for them to say yes and feel like happy, confident <laughs> about that purchase and totally. feel proud about it. So totally. Um, and it might not be a good match and that's okay too. And that's why there's other people who offer meal plans. And if that's a better match, then awesome. Like we're good with that. If you test it out and it's not for you, then we're like, we, we still love you and you can still play with us. It's okay. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. Well, Molly, I don't want to keep you forever. I've really had such an amazing time, not only hearing about your business, hearing about kind of your mantra, your way of kind of looking at the world, and also obviously the mission um, for your business. And really, it sounds like for for your life and how you, you approach things. So as we wrap up today, do you have any final words of wisdoms or recommendations or anything that you want to share with our audience today? Mm, I would say, well, I guess two things. One, if you are wanting to eat more of a whole food plant-based diet, then just start, just do it. Cause you can read the books and listen to the podcasts and follow the Instagram people and buy the cookbooks and buy the meal plans. But if you actually don't go to the grocery store, buy some food and eat it, then it's not going to help you. So even if it's just starting out with like, you know, one recipe a week or one meal a week, it's, um, you just have to start someplace and then you can kind of go from there. And on the business side of things, I would say uh, so many. So I love talking business and I just love business so much. You know, it, you can do it. Any, anybody can do this. Like if I can do this, I'm not super tech savvy. I'm not <clears throat> like some brainiac. I'm not, I, if like, I'm just a regular person. If I can figure this out, so can you. And, and just, I can't stress enough how important just believing that it's possible, how much that does. So if you want to do it, just go out and do it, believe that it's possible and just really hang on to that thought, even when it feels like it's not. Um, even when you feel like there's a little stumble or a fall, like that stumble and fall is part of doing it. It's not separate. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much, Molly, for spending a little bit of time with us. I really do appreciate it. And I'm glad we've gotten to know each other a little bit here. And I look forward to even seeing more of what you're doing and also just your general contribution to the community um, is an amazing thing. So thank you once again for being my my guest. Fabulous. Thank you, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. And it was so much fun talking with you today. Thanks. And everyone, thank you so much who joined us live. Remember, you can watch this as a replay or watch it on our podcast. We always love people not only to check it out twice, but also drop us a comment and a like or some love anytime, just so we know that you're out there, you're enjoying these segments. And also, we always want to kind of bring you some ideas, inspirations, and we hope we did today. So thank you everyone for watching, joining us, and we'll see you in the next interview. Bye. Bye.